Yes, indeed, powerful people. This is another episode of Breaking the Machine. I'm your host, Ahmad the Poet, alongside my partner, Spank the Bank. What up, though? What up, though? And today, we'll be taking another instrumental step in shifting the culture. And today, we have a special guest on the po- on the podcast. Not only is it a special guest, we got a legendary hip hop artist, legendary, you know, legendary in Detroit and top five lyricists of all time. Uh, we got the special guest Royce the Five Nine on the podcast with us. How you doing, Royce? Yo, yo what's up? I appreciate you for being here. With oh, man. How you feel? I'm feeling good. I wanted to start off by congratulating you on your um, Grammy nomination for best rap album. Thank you. And uh, yeah, yeah, appreciate that. Man. I had saw you do a post on uh, I think it was uh, Instagram, and uh, you was talking about how it, it kind of changed the way that you was looking at the Grammys now after uh, you had got nominated. Uh, could you speak on that a little bit? Like, I mean, if it changed at all or Nah, I mean, it ain't really changed. I was just being, I was cracking a joke, you know yeah. what I'm saying? But, you know, I I know a lot of people on the Grammy committee, mm. you know what I'm saying? Like, I've been doing a little bit of um, research, due diligence, just trying to figure out why uh, we seem to come up short. When I say we, I mean us and black music. We seem to come up short in some sort of way every Grammys, you know mm. what I mean? So what I'm finding is, it's just not a lot of black enough black people sitting in those seats, so um, it's not what you would assume that it would it would be like. It's it's not. Um, I just assume outward intentional racism, mm. but um, it's really not that at all. It's really like just the people who need to make the decisions aren't privy to our culture like that. They're not aware of our culture like that. Um, so it's it's more of like an overlooked thing. You know, like we don't make up enough of the percentages of the people who make the decisions. So, um, what we're doing now is just we actively working. I'm actually about to start sitting on the board myself, mm. and um, just putting more people in those seats just to make sure that you know that we uh, we get represented properly. So, I mean, but I, of course, that's gonna change my feelings about it. Any, any, any area where you do some research and you come up with something um and you come up with answers for questions or more answers than you got questions because usually as we things pose more questions than answers so um once i you know once i just realized that it made the way that i felt about the grammys change but just be getting nominated didn't really change too much or anything but i never was like anti-grammys or anything like that it just it, it never was something that i ever was really focused on so much but um the way that it did change is i'm focused on it this year <laughs> you know what i'm saying like i'm focused i'm focused on the, the um you know the broadcast i'm focused on how we're gonna how they're gonna do it i'm focused on whether i'm gonna win or not because it's always it it's always good to get recognized by your peers that always yeah. feels good you know what i'm saying that's big man the grammys the grammys big like that's real big yeah, you don't want to hang your, you don't as artists, we don't want to like hang our hats on it, but it's, it's that's, cool. that's big. I ain't gonna lie, especially just coming from the city, mm-hmm. to like just to see that that's that's big. You inspiring sure. a lot of a lot of young black males, and what you pick back what you said, like that's the reason why we behind mm-hmm. because not a lot of us in office for a lot of things. Mm-hmm. So like that's to me that was that was big what I just got from you because that is true. Like we think it's a race thing. In reality, it's really not. It's just we, our people, are not in these positions to help representation. Us out. Yeah, yeah so. it's it's always a little. It's 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 a little bit of both, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, to me, everything is about race. 
Okay. Everything about race, everything in America is about race, and it's not because that's what I want it to be. It's just because that's what it is. Mm-hmm. You know. So, um, if we're if we're thinking about something, if we're thinking about a whole genre of music where we make up a large percent of the market share, and we don't have faces in the seats to represent that percentage, that's about race. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because even if it's even if it's just the ignorance. And when I say ignorance, I don't even mean in a disparaging way. Just like it, even if it's the ignorance of people who aren't people of color, um, as it pertains to our culture, that's about race, you know, because that's what the culture clash is. People not being people of color and understanding what they're representing and the decisions that they're making, what that's representing. A lot of times it's just like if I go back to the Grammys, it's like somebody calling their daughter and being like, who should I who, who I vote for you. Oh, Macklemore. All right, cool. Mm. You know what I mean? And then that's how Kendrick loses the Grammy. Mm. And to me, that's important. It's super important. Mm. And that's about race. You know what I'm saying? So it's not always about racism. But I get what you said. It's still cold blooded. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You said something on uh, Cannon's class. You said um, being socially irresponsible is damn near worse than being racist. It is, man. <laughs> So that it's the same thing. It's like it, it's like you said. It's racism in a way, and but it's really like being socially irresponsible, not understanding that that representation is needed. And how, we, you know, we don't pick up a book, bro. I ain't gonna lie. We don't read at all. Like we was really taught to not read for real. But you know, a lot of it too, though. Um, it's a social intelligence. You know what I mean? Like social awareness that can't always come from a book. Sometimes mm-hmm. it just it, it has to come from keeping an open mind even when you're not setting out to take in information. You know what I mean? Like, if we all go to the library right now, old school style, just go to the library, we'll all go in there in the mind frame. All right, we about to read some shit. We're going to learn some shit. Mm-hmm. You know, but where you can learn your most valuable lessons, you know, you can step right out there and be waiting for your Uber Eats and some shit can happen. That's, that's a teachable moment that can change your life that you may miss. You know what I'm saying? So to me, it's just, it's who you surround yourself with. It's everything. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Especially for, uh, like, our generation. See, our generation don't really have that, that following or structure of older males to really, like, guide us. So, like, what can you really say to us, like, us young, young brothers, about, like, competition? I feel like it's a lot of, our generation do a lot of competition, and that's not getting us nowhere. So, like, for older generation, what, what would you tell us? In terms of music or just in life? Just in life. That's a good question. I mean, um, being competitive is great. That's a great thing. And um, that's, you're a young black man, so that shit is innately in you already. You know what I mean? So it's one of those things, man. And that's the reason why I said it's a good question, because it's, it's, that shit can work against you, it can work with you, depending on how you use it, depending on how you apply it. Um, I come from a family, like my dad kept us in, in, in shit. He kept us in basketball, boxing, just things that, you know, where you can use your competitive nature mm-hmm. and you can apply it in a way, you know, even when you're being aggressive about it, you can apply it in a way that's that's positive. You know, it's going in a, in a positive direction. And I think he chose boxing um, for the yin and the yang. You know, like basketball is like you learn a whole lot of team you learn a whole lot of team lessons. You learn how to play on a team. You learn how to 
play. You learn that it ain't no I in team. You learn that it ain't just about you. You learn social benefits that come from it. Just, you know, feeling like you got other people to fall back on and having an understanding of structure and like, you know, this is the this is the power forward. This is the, this is the small forward. I'm the point guard and where everybody should be on the court. All of that shit applies in life, you know what I'm <laughs> But then when you go boxing, you know, like you can talk all of the shit you want, but as soon as it go ding, ding, mm. it's just you. It's just you. You know what I mean? Nothing else matters. Hey. Nothing, nothing you can say that's gonna save you. You gotta figure it out. Nothing nobody can teach you. You can have the best teachers in the world. They cannot fight for you. You gotta do it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's important. You know what I'm saying? So like it's good in those instances. Now, outside of that, if it's just you being competitive and you not having an understanding of your own feelings and shit, man. You may think you're being competitive when you're really just hating. Mm. You ain't really been in a situation to really be able to control it. You got to be in control of your emotions. This is the time to be in control of your thoughts and your emotions. If, if ever that shit get the best of you, then, you know, you, you're taking time bomb. It's only a matter of time before something happens that's, you know, beyond, beyond the scope of your control. Cause it's already enough shit outside those doors. That's that's that. You know what I'm saying? So, I always try to keep myself in positions where I can just be in control of um, my emotions and the environment. You know what I mean? That's why I try not to. You know, in my twenties, nigga, I was doing video shoots, standing out in the middle, standing out in the street. You know, like just at a video shoot. You know, mm-hmm. ten of us on the corner with cameras, and you know what I'm saying? Like, to me. That shit is exciting, but it's dangerous. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, Nipsey was standing out in front of his own establishment. You know, so to me, it's just it's it's about that. But um, you move different the older you get. Yeah, cause you you learn from not moving right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's 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 life. That's how it goes. So it's like, and you know, we don't always listen. We don't always listen. I'm sure somebody told me not to stand. Yeah, so that to answer your question, dog, I think it's just about um, understanding what 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 that what your competitive nature is, and then understanding how to just control it, and understand who your opponent is. You know, like a lot of times we competing with each other, but we're not against each other, and really not really a lot of there's not many ways that we're each other's like you know like uh, opponent. Mm-hmm. Really, it's like. We more like counterparts. We more like um, contemporaries, especially in the music business. You know, we may not be all one team, but you know, like there are decisions that are made at all of us as one. You know, there's decisions being made by corporations and powers that be, where they actually come together to make them, and they're to our detriment. So why would we be competing with one another? and trying to build relationships with them. Mm-hmm. It's the other way around. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So when it comes to, because um, we was having a conversation the other day, and we were talking about uh, mental health and therapy. When it comes to therapy, it's a lot of different stigmas that's put on therapy. And like you said, you got to be very socially aware and emotionally aware in this time. Like, what do you think is something that you would tell people, or especially young people, just like to take that stigma off it? Because... When you think about therapy, you think about weakness, you think about issues, you think about problems. I have a problem now since I need therapy or since I'm talking to somebody, something's weird, something's wrong with me. 
Like, what could you, what, what would you say in order to take that stigma off, or what took the stigma off for you? Well, a lot of our preconceived um, observations and and like all of the just the just the whole picture of of, of things that where we, where we came to a, a resolution in our mind, and this is what therapy looks like, or this is what that looks like, or this is what this is what whatever looks like it comes from and it's not been taught to us it comes from some shit from some um from some place of like non-education or just an assumption or you know like jokes being cracked about something or something like that like it's not anything that we feel about therapy it just comes from a you know it's just passed down from generation to generation whether it's our dads cracking some jokes about it or I was talked about in school or I was talked about just outside on the block, you know what I mean? Like, so I don't think, <clears throat> I've never heard a black person who has some disparaging shit to say about therapy say that they've been to therapy, you know? So like, to me, it's just about unlearning some of the shit that, you know, that we just take in, just yeah. just unlearning some of it and um and just realizing how many things are out there that are, that are put in place to help people better themselves, you know, rather that be mentally or physically. You know, you won't say that shit about the gym. You won't be like, I ain't going to no gym. What, I want some muscles. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's the same thing, man. Yeah. It's like, and it's like, also, if you think about it, there is no such person. Like, if, if something's wrong with you, like mentally, there is no person that can fix you. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's no job that does that. You know what I mean? Like, you can't learn how to talk to somebody and fix this. You know what I'm saying? Learn like, it from yourself. Yeah, it's, it's, it, therapy is is a um, for me it was a tool for 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 me to be able to learn how to express myself. So I'm I look at it like I'm talking to somebody who's skilled, who went to school and learned how to talk to me in a way where they can make they can shift the conversation in certain directions and when they do that it opens up doors of different ways of me to unpack certain things that i want to say so for me it just it makes me better at articulating my thoughts and it makes me better at unpacking some of my the ways that i feel and being able to articulate to other people what those feelings are and that's important to be able to do that it's gonna be important to y'all when y'all married. No. It's gonna be important to y'all when y'all get married. It may. It's gonna be important to y'all. It may determine whether y'all niggas is gonna get married or not. Mm. You know what I mean? Because women, they bring shit out of you. Yeah, and they and they know they are more in touch with their feelings, and they can. Mm. A lot of them, especially black women, a lot of them are exceptionally good at being able to voice that without therapy. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's just it's just being able to, you know, just getting your mind in it, programming yourself to start thinking just that in that way, you know, being able to being able to communicate, being able to communicate is a it's a, it's an important tool for you. You know what I'm saying? You don't think like them telling us don't be tough and stuff. I mean, uh, don't cry and stuff made us like that, though. Yeah. That's one of them. Yeah. That's one of them. <laughs> yeah. That's one of them. I mean, I still... I still feel that way about in certain instances. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because that, yeah. that fall in the category of controlling your emotions. You know what I mean? But 
Yeah, we, don't we show they say it's show weakness. You know, like yeah. no, nah, nah, I don't believe that part of it. But see, I don't, I don't, I ain't riding with that side of it though. Like it being, it showing weakness. That's that's who who taught us that was just that person showing us ignorance. You know what I'm saying? Because I honestly believe that they believe that. I believe my dad believed that. I believe that. You know what I mean? I believe football coach believe that. Oh yeah. You know what I'm saying? But um. I think getting in touch with your feelings early and being able to at least try to control it, you know, like after a football game or something, um, especially if you somebody on the team, me as a coach, I'm supposed to be able to identify with the kids who have the leadership, more leadership qualities than others. And if there's one who's in my mind more of a leader, um, that I would probably try to push him a little bit more in the direction of just trying to, if he can, control it and let it out at right times and, and, and try to be able to see that, like, because there's other kids that are going to follow you. We don't want everybody crying every time we lose because it's losing is all right, but we're going out here to win. We're trying to win. It's all right to lose. It's all right to make mistakes. You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like if that's not expressed correctly, you're socially engineering an individual who is a, is, ends up growing up afraid to make mistakes, and that's that shit Damn. can cripple you. You know what I'm saying? Like it can paralyze you. Like when you don't know what can come from you making a mistake, Damn. you may just do nothing, mm. and that's worse than anything you can do. I ain't gonna, yeah, sports. Damn, I'm thinking about football. Like mm. especially in high school, I played you know football all through high school. I could just remember. You messing up with coaches on my ass. Mm -hmm. It'd be like, damn, I used to, I can't remember the playbook. Mm -hmm. I used to fuck, I, I swear, I, bro, I'd be like, I'm trying to remember it. Mm -hmm. But it's, I always think about, damn, if I mess up, yeah, you gonna take me out the gang, get on my ass. Yeah. Like, I remember that. Like, like, think about, like, think about that music as, like, artists. Y'all, you do music, you do music, you fuck around? I don't do music, but I love it. I make, I make music, I make beats. You don't write or nothing? No, I can, but I got the ear. Yeah, see, like, the worst place you could be. And it's exactly what you just said. The worst place you could be when you're trying to create is in your head. Yeah. When you're trying to do well, when you're trying to perform well, if you're on stage, if you're in your head, like when I'm in my head and I'm thinking about things that could go wrong, that's when I tend to like forget lyrics and it's a zone that we all get in. We, yeah. we, so we use it. We talk about it in sports. We talk about it. It's a music. We want to get in our zone. Shit, it's getting in our zone. Just me out of our head. Out of our head. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's all it means. It I was mean. in my zone before I got here. Yeah, you just ain't, you're not, you're not thinking about nothing, 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 what's going to go wrong because it's, like, it's like, yeah, it's just flow. It's just a flow. You know what I'm saying? And it's, especially if you're a natural, but it's always somebody that can step up and fucking, you know, get in your head and have you thinking about shit when you don't need to be. That's what, Woo! that's what great producers do. Great producers, what makes a producer great to me outside of the music aspect of it is the psychology of it. Like, I like DJ Premier because of how much I like DJ Premier. You know what I mean? I think that's why me and him make good music together. I don't think it matters that he makes music, he makes music that sounds like it could be from a certain era. He could be making music that sounds like it's from 3031. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not gonna matter if we can't if connect vibe, but the better I like people, the, the, the better I, we can collab. You know what I mean? Slaughterhouse, like we made, we 
we did great shit together because we fuck with each other. You know what I'm saying? Like that's uh, to me, that's what what I think the reason is. I don't think it got nothing to do with how good everybody could rap and shit like that. Because the vibe. People, yeah, people try to try to collaborate all the time. Wow, it gotta be a vibe. If you if you if y'all think about it, bro, have you ever thought about like really really big successful artists when they get together? Mm-hmm. How like seven times out of ten that shit does not work and mm-hmm. it doesn't turn out good. Mm-hmm. You, you ever wonder why that was? Because I still can't fucking figure it out. You think now or just back then? Period. Period. Yeah, period. Jay Z, Jay Z, and Beyonce, Jay Z and Beyonce are my two probably. That, that's Barack Obama and Michelle Obama to mm-hmm. me. I ain't gonna. Uh, that, that Chris Brown and Drake song was a hit though. No, no, no. They make they got some good shit. They got some great shit together. But everything they do when they come together is not like. Oh yeah, not. It's no. not like it's not like that's Jay Z and Beyonce. Do you count groups or no? Groups that just got formed for yeah. a particular purpose. Yeah. Like Earth, Wind, and Fire. Are you coming? Well, that's just a group. Yeah, yeah just I'm, a group. Listen, I'm, I'm talking about like separate. Yeah. separate I'm talking I know, about, that's all action. Like, yeah, like, yeah, I'm talking about like Kanye getting with yeah. Garth Brooks, fucking okay. Paul McCartney, and that shit just being terrible. <laughs> no, that did. You know what I mean? Like Prince and Michael Jackson. You know that you shit would have never worked. <laughs> you, ever, you, you ever heard of um, Prince? A story that Prince was supposed to be on. I'm bad. Yeah, but he said he didn't want to say my butt is mine. Do you know how terrible that song would have been if, if French would have sang that second verse? Who <laughs> been? Your baddest man. That shit would have been fucking terrible, bro. Hey, Mike did his thing on that though. Yeah, it was perfect how it, how it was. Like, all right, so who were your uh, pioneer music you like listen to back in when you was around our age? Mm. Like in the seventies and the eighties. Shit, well, the 80s probably, um, let me see. I was listening to Michael Jackson, Prince, Rick James. Um, Rick James called Bloody. Rap, rap wise, um, I used to listen to Run DMC. You know, I had a big brother. So I used to listen to Run DMC, Ice T, NWA, you know, like, um, but, but I started being like inspired to like make music. Probably like Red Man, Nas, you know, a reasonable doubt, Illmatic, Muddy Waters, you know, Red Man, Nas, Jay Z. That's as far back as I could go to be inspired. Cause I, we was having a discussion on Clubhouse. They were saying the rappers delight. The song influenced every single thing that's lyrical now, and I said I disagree with that. You know, what I'm saying like I'm not personally inspired lyrically by rappers delight, but I realize how important of a song it is, foundation-wise. But mm-hmm. you know, like the thought that everything creative all links back to one place is just ridiculous. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it's like I didn't even like rappers to like growing up mm-hmm. like that. You know what I mean? Like Rakim, Big Daddy Kane, all those guys. Like I look at them New York. As, as lyrical legends. But and for me to get lyrically inspired, the farthest back that I probably could go. Probably Nas, mm. Nas, Jay Z, man. That all come from one place too, though. Yeah, yeah, but I'm saying, yeah. So if you think of who inspires Nas, and then who inspires Rakim, like I can be inspired by Nas, Nas can be inspired by Rakim, okay. but it don't necessarily mean I'm inspired by Rakim. Yeah. 
But you're inspired by Nas. I get what you're saying. Yeah, because I'm not inspired by everything that is Nas. You know what I'm saying? Because I love Rakim. You know, but it's something about Nas to make me want to rap. It's certain little nuances that he has that he may have picked up from Rakim that translates to me better. Yeah, I like your flow. Like, I like a flow I could ride to. Mm-hmm. That's me. I ain't gonna lie. That. That's me. It's just if you got a flow I could ride to. I'm rocking with it, but that's how I grew up, though. Like that's some Detroit shit. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. that's just how I grew up. Shoot, my uncles and them, that's what we listen to. Nas, you know, Jigga, Ti, like some we can just ride to and just lean, lean back in. Mm-hmm. Shoot, that's how. I, like I, it's crazy. <laughs> I remember that song, you know, Chips on Pistons. I remember <laughs> my uh, and my uncle uh, Bronco just, you know, what I'm saying just vibing. That's just how we was. Like the flow. The flow chips, on that pistons, chips on Pistons and Broncos just go with each other. <laughs> The flow was just ooh. Some Detroit shit. <laughs> <laughs> but but I think uh, something that you said earlier was real crucial when you talk about getting out of your head in order to get in your zone. Because I was having a conversation with one of my uh, close friends, and he was telling me like one of the hardest things to do is when people tell you like, "Man, you great," and if you constantly keep doing what you're doing, you'll get to success eventually. Mm-hmm. But I think what stops a lot of people and, and something that you know. It's really hard on me is when people tell me like, man, if you keep going, you you do big things. But it's like I'm doing exactly what people say, but I want to adjust it because I don't get the success that I want in a certain amount of time. Do you think that that just comes with patience? Even if you're doing the right thing, the timing might not be right mm-hmm. where you want it to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think we can't. We got to understand that we can't control exactly the way that things are gonna go in terms of building success. Because what's gonna happen is, and what you're gonna find, what you're gonna learn is that when it comes to success, the more you accumulate, the more subjective it's gonna become. You know, so you're gonna learn that success is basically just gonna be it's gonna be what you feel success is. Because what we do is we look at other people mm. and we gauge what success is off of what they're doing, and it's like it's cool to look at them to get inspired, but you'll never have the exact identical journey as somebody else. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So patience is always going to be the key. Because mm. Lack of patience is what's going to put you back in your head because now you're thinking about shit not happening fast enough. Mm-hmm. So like, to me, I look at that shit like it's like a journey. It's like a journey, but you got to uh, at some point arrive at a place. You know what I'm saying? So it's a leap of faith. It's something to be said about just making a fucking commitment, man. Like making a decision. Like when you commit to something, it's like the universe knows now. It's like the universe, the universe answers back with, with opening up doors. He behind. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying. So it's like if you don't, if 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 you don't make a commitment, and you're doing all of that shit that our parents taught us to do, like have a plan to fall back on and all of that shit. You can be in limbo. Yeah, that shit, damn, bro. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't preach that. I preach commit. Mm. Commit to, to commit to it. And then once you make that commitment and you rule out other things and you get out of your head and you just take that leap and it'll happen, <laughs> it'll happen. Shit, probably unexpected. Mm. Man. You know what I mean? But you, you just keep building, you know what I mean? Like, and then... I think um, I think people probably give you that blanket advice a lot just because of how you got your head screwed on tight. So it's like they probably just looking at you like it can happen at any moment just because you've got sense. Mm. 
So what I would just suggest you do is just do whatever you feel like doing. Like any, any just keep doing cool shit. You know, like if you wake up and you feel like I, I could I could probably fuck with a podcast, just do it. Just do it. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Because that turns into other ideas. This interview may spark an idea for something non related to even podcasting, but if you never would even did the podcast, we wouldn't even be sitting here. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Like that's that's how I look at it. I look at it just like, man, it may not just be one thing. It may be you may look up and you may have seven of these things that you're doing and you may just look and be like, damn, I got seven fucking streams of income yeah. out of nowhere. Because that's how people get rich. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like people get rich off multiple streams of income. So it's like, and you get, you know, then you'll get rich, you know what I'm saying? And then you'll be like, well, shit, this ain't even really what I, what I feel success is. Like, I don't feel like I thought I would feel, you know what I'm saying? Like, I like how you said that commitment, just commitment yep. to something. Like, I, I guess I go with basketball, mm-hmm. like LeBron or Jordan. You know, they didn't really think about the money of the game. They just talk about the game. They was committed to the game. Mm-hmm. That's what made them so great. And like, that's how I look. Like, that's greatness. That's I like that commitment. Yeah, yeah. And then you know, and then you get you get everything out of it that you're looking for, and even more. You know what I mean? Because. Shit is about practice, man. Like all of the shit we got taught when we was young, playing sports and shit like that. It all, it's all, it all applies. It's about practice, you know. Like the music shit, all of the shit, the podcast shit. It's just the more you, the more y'all do this, the better it's gonna get. Mm. You know what I mean? Just consistency. Yep, that's it. Something I also wanted to touch on um, was uh, like real estate. You know, I think one of the biggest things Detroit is known for is like it's real estate or like. The amount of vacant homes or the amount of homes that's up for sale and um i know it's like a lot of people from all over the u.s like you know what i'm saying la atlanta new york that buy real estate in, in detroit um we was having a conversation with courtney bell a local detroit artist um and and I, I i said it as a joke but it's like i was saying like detroit's one of the only places that you can go to and see like a three-story trap house mm-hmm. like some of the most vacant homes here are huge you know what i'm saying and, and real like beautiful but you could tell they they once had there was money flowing through here mm. uh what do, you, what, what do you think it's going to take in order to like get people from detroit to start buying back detroit or it has that process already started <laughs> i know a lot of people listen to it you know um i think you know it's gonna take it's gonna take the, the disseminating of information. You know what I mean? Like if you if you feel that if you feel that it's a problem area, then I think if you if you develop the means to be able to do something about it, then you should just do something about it. You should just do your part and mm-hmm. and be vocal about that and be intentional with it. And and that's gonna inspire somebody else to wanna do the same thing. You just spoke on it. Yeah. It, that's that's <laughs> you gotta it. stop moving out, bro. Mm. Yeah, it's just, it's just, you know, just being the change that you want to see, you know, like it, <laughs> it's it's, and then it turns into a wave and then, then you have, then that's going to bring in people who yeah. are going to come fuck it up a little bit, you know what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. that, that comes with it too, you know what I mean? Once people see that it's a bunch of people doing it, and here they come with, yeah. with, with their lack of knowledge and their non-willingness to do, you know, to do diligence and learn out. anything about it, you know what I mean? And just, you know just got a hold of a, a pile of money. Now they want to go buying vacant houses and, and that's it. They just sit there. You know what I'm saying? Like it's, it's about the, it's an information thing. You know, it's about whoever learns how to do it the right way, 
do it, be the change that you want to see, and make sure that you're teaching somebody else that look like you. That's from where you're from. From somewhere that looks like where you're from. You know what I'm saying? Like, and just keep doing that. I think we'll be fine. You know what I mean? The key is to just keep the idiots away. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, hey, Lon. <laughs> man, there's just too much of that going on. Man. But you know, but that too, man. You know, everybody using these phrases on on, on the internet and shit now, like generational wealth and all of that. Mm. I don't want to hear anybody say generational wealth again. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's <laughs> like they getting on my fucking nerves. You know what I'm saying? Because people don't it's really know what they're saying. You know what I'm saying? It's so it's like, dream. and it's becoming too wavy. You know what I'm saying? Like everybody trying to play rich. Yeah, I want I want it to be just a way of life. I want it to just be a way of thinking. I don't want it to be a wave. I don't want it to be like a fad. It's really a rebuilding process, and a lot of it don't even apply to our generation no more. At all. Like a lot of the building that we're doing is not even for us. For generations after us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we um, ain't even gonna see it. Yeah. Because if you look if if, if you look at it like how it came to what it is, like generational wealth and all that, you know, the Rockefellers and yeah. all of these. You're not even here to see all that. Yeah, it's like the, the the people who inherit this wealth, they don't really think about shit. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, they don't, it's just in them. Like, they, you know, they learn what they need to learn in order to continue, you know, whatever the family business is or whatever that is, and that's just what it is. It's like, so if you look at it like that, it's really not about, investing in a particular thing it's just a way of thinking that's it you know you can accumulate it off many things mm. you know what i mean it's funny because that made me think about uh when you was talking about the meme the the meme of uh bill gates and uh mark zuckerberg i hate I that i hate that <laughs> you, uh, when you have uh bill gates and mark zuckerberg together and they don't have no jury no nothing oh, on yeah. you know probably got some walmart clothes or something on and they like and that's what real money looks like. I hate that. I hate that. that yeah, I was about to say, because what's wrong with Black people hate this shit. Yeah, shows. that's what he was telling me. I was like, Black man, I never thought about shows. it like that. See, look, the internet, like, people have figured out how to make black people hate this. Even hate, mm. even hate yeah. the cool shit about ourselves. Damn, that's... Dang, I ain't that's what he said. He was like, maybe they just don't know how to dress. He was like, maybe they just don't know how to dress. When I seen that, when I seen that meme, I was like, what the fuck are y'all trying to say? That these motherfuckers ain't got no taste? Like, it's like, of course they don't have on nothing cool because they're not fucking cool. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, that don't make them cooler than me. I dress nice because I like nice shit. I don't expect fucking Zuckerberg to look cool. He look cool at the Facebook offices. I'm cool everywhere. You know what I'm saying? So. If I want to get in a goddamn picture with a Gucci belt on and a fucking mink wrapped around my fucking head, that's my business as long as I'm making smart financial decisions. That should be what, what, what you're pushing, like <laughs> financial literacy, not you're stupid for spending money. How you know what the fuck? How do you know if that's a dumb decision if you don't know what my financial affairs are? You know what I mean? Like. It may be dumb for somebody to put a $22 million on their forehead, or maybe not. Mm. Depends on what the person's situation is. Yeah. I never looked at that meme like that. That's yeah. why I'm over here like, dang, I, I ain't think they make you want to hate yourself. It's I ain't want to like no Bill it's Gates. Dumb. It's only dumb if you, if you know, if you're like doing it to fucking cut your own fucking economic throat, you know what I'm saying? But if you, come on, man, like, that's, I ain't never think about it like that. 
That's crazy. Yeah, baby. So we got black people afraid to buy things. Got black people afraid to do record deals. You know, like the average black person is afraid to do a, a record deal. Yeah. More so than they are just in the in the thought process of let me learn, let me learn what I need to learn so I can't get put in a bad deal. You know, mm. it shouldn't be that. Nobody should be afraid to do a record deal. Nothing wrong. It's nothing wrong with major labels. It's nothing wrong with them. It's just that you just need to understand that they're going to profit off of your ignorance. If it's there, they're going to see it and they're going to profit off of it. If you go in there and you know how to do a deal, and if they want to be in business with you, you're going to do a good deal because they want to be in business with you. They don't only do bad deals. They do bad deals with young black people coming into the door because we don't know shit. No, we don't. That's all. But it's, it's not, it doesn't make them bad. It just makes them some motherfuckers with money who want to invest in something and make profit off of it. And they want to make the most profit. They want the most reward for the lowest risk. So that's gonna happen to you anywhere, that it, where it involves corporation. Yeah, it's all set up the same. Yeah, yeah. So I, I mean, it's what it is. That's America. I got so I got a question um, about the Detroit rappers and artists. Uh, why like like y'all never start like a label to to sign a lot of the young Detroit artists to get them? You know, when you say y'all, who you y'all who? like the, the old like the old heads, uh, Detroit pioneers. Rappers in. I don't know if that'd be a good idea to be honest with you. Mm. You know, because it's like, in theory, I could see why somebody would probably think that that, that, that would be what we need. But mm. I think if you really, really look at it, you got so many different styles of, of rappers and singers and shit from Detroit, from so many different parts of Detroit that do totally different things from each other. They don't even fuck with each other. Some of them do. And I think that's a strength, like mm -hmm. to have all of those different styles and shit like that from all of those different places, if it's used to our advantage. But to try to try to put everybody under one umbrella, mm -hmm. you know, like I, I think that freedom is what's gonna make us stronger. Mm -hmm. I think what we just need to do is we need to carry ourselves like we all yeah. under one, mm -hmm. but not necessarily contractually binding together, but just. We won as Detroiters, you know what I'm saying, to support each other like such. I think we'd be great because we're getting all the attention that we ever wanted, you know. Like, I, all of the young rappers are getting all the attention, you know, the world is, like, Detroited out. I feel like we've always been getting the attention, though. I, there was a point in time where we was, uh, when, you was when you was riding around with your uncle in the Bronco. Yeah, I mean. At that time, at that time. Like Blade didn't Blade didn't get the attention uh, nationally that he um, that he would be getting now. Yeah, but we was we was stealing people's ears. Like we was still around. Like you got, I just feel like we all Detroit was always like the the city period was always. I feel like you can be relevant yeah, in the yeah, city, you know not relevant it, to the world. Bro, it got yeah. it got put down. It got put down long ago. Yeah, I just people bent people bent on Detroit shit. I feel so, like they been stealing our swag. That's how I be feeling. Yeah, but one thing I noticed about about that. Is that people they'll do that, but they're not gonna admit it until it, until they got to. Yep. So when they now they now they just admitting it. Hey, but, been taking. You know, people people shit people been calling me. It's a lot of motherfuckers that been like a lot of MCs. That 
I got told by somebody that he felt like I was the best a long time ago. And it's somebody who been called the best. You know what I'm saying? So like, but it's just be private via text. You know what I mean? Motherfucker ain't gonna publicly say it unless he, you know, unless he feel like he, it's time. He got to. So it's up to you to go make it time. You know what I mean? Like Chris Paul's bad motherfuckers. Steph, Steph, they some bad motherfuckers, but. People ain't really give it up to Steph until he went and started taking rings. Yeah. He started running up the scoreboard. He ain't give him no choice. No, he didn't. I feel like I feel like no city has been able to do that for real, for real. Closest maybe like Atlanta in order to <laughs> get close, together in that type of way. But I don't I don't I don't really feel like that's something that's really, you know, possible right now just because People are just different, you know. Everybody has diversified, you know, different I, things they yeah. want to do. I think anything possible, though. I mean, I think, I think that idea would be better if it was like on a on a more global, like a more national level. Like if um, P P Hove, Puff, mm. JD, if all of them got together and just formed one crazy ass label, I think mm. that'd be more beneficial to us. Yeah. Then it just even just isolate us, isolate our city. Mm. They so much in business now. I don't even see them doing that. It ain't. It's not necessary. But I mean, if you just that theory, mm-hmm. I think it that'd be more beneficial if somebody if it was done that way. But I don't think it's necessary. You know what I'm saying? Like I think um, it's more of, a, of the way we think that's necessary to me. Like we just got to think like one. Mm. Once we start doing that, man, a lot of shit is gonna change. What's like your daily inspiration? Like when you're making new records, like what inspires you on the daily? Because I have different things. Sometimes I'll be in a slump and I don't feel like putting out content or different things like that. But it's just like, maybe just like walking around the city or does Detroit inspire you in a way? Like do you ever just like roll around the city and just like get inspiration that way? Or just like different things in daily life? It was a point in time where I did. Um, I haven't been like, rolling around and getting inspired in a, in a long time though. Like, um, when I did my last album, I was just, I got inspired just off trying to learn how to make beats. Like that mm-hmm. whole process, just practicing. Now, um, during the pandemic, I've been more focused on like building, building so I can get ready to start creating more content. So that whole process of just building all of this shit, like that, that whole process is just, I was inspired to do it, so I did it. You know, like, I think after just being in, in it a certain amount of time, you start to, you know, especially if you be, you taking steps to become self-aware and more self-aware throughout the day-to-day, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm to a point now where I kind of, I know when I'm inspired, and I know I kind of got an understanding of what I'm inspired to do when I feel inspired. When I feel inspired to do things, I just do those things. So I haven't really been doing music like that. Like I do, um, I've been doing features here and there. And sometimes I just get inspired to do them. People call me to do them because of who it is. Like if Black Thought asked me to do a feature, that's inspiring to me. So I, I'm inspired to do that. You know what I'm saying? Like, but um, in terms of just like doing the album, I don't even look for inspiration to do albums. It's just like, I just let that shit come to me. You know what I mean? And um, and right now it's just like, I ain't really been thinking about even really making music like that. I'm, I've been so excited about going down a rabbit hole, like learning cameras and mm. what the different lenses do, 
you see the lights and shit like that, like the different ones. Why is these so cheap? Because I bought these from Amazon. I'm like, why are these motherfuckers so cheap? And why can why is it why is there lights that exist that cost so much? Why why? What's the difference? Like I go down those rabbit holes. What I'm hearing from you right now, it's it sounds like you saying it's no wrong taking a break and learn something new. Yeah. From something. That's yeah. why I, like because sometimes we could be focused on just trying to steady put out contact on this thing. Mm-hmm. But we don't never want to take a break and like, bro, let me learn something else. Or just, you know, I know this, but you know. Take a break for a second. I mean, take a break. I'm probably just learning something else. That's what I feel like a true artist is. Yeah. Your brain just constantly wants yeah. to be creative with multiple things. You don't want to just do one thing all the time. Yeah, I mean, you know, and then, is it really taking a break? Or is it just, you know, is it just like a pivot? Because yeah. the world pivots. The world takes breaks. Shit. America took a break. This whole pandemic is a fucking break. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, you know it's, a, like, it's a long break. It's a break, so I mean, I'm, this is this is a time. Shit, while the world is taking a break, I looked at it like it's a time. This is the perfect time to, to learn something new. Yeah, you know what I'm saying this is the perfect time to like really totally put one thing down and pick another thing up, and it's it is okay because of the way of the world right now. It's in limbo, you know what I mean? So, but that go back to just reading the room, learning how to read in the room, you know what I mean? Making sure. That you picking the right time to do certain things, you know what I'm saying? Like and just keeping the flow going, keeping yourself busy, but not just doing busy work, but just working smart. Mm. I wanted to uh, ask you lastly about the uh, Ryan Montgomery Foundation. Like, what y'all was actually been working on that? Because I saw you do. Um, I think you had a uh, article Damn, I can't think in the Detroit Press, and he was talking about it, the rollout of the foundation, basically mentally mental health advocacy. Mm-hmm. And, uh, what, what the... Well, the, the purpose of the foundation is just so I can do anything that I want to do, you know, just in terms of giving back um, to the environment. I ain't saying that, <laughs> but, but just, you know, just it's like this, like what I was saying earlier, you know, like you, we somehow get, become the whatever percent of the lucky people who make it out of these environments. And then you, you can turn around and look at the environment and see it for what it is and see the things that you feel can be fixed or the things that you feel are the reasons why we're put behind the eight ball and all of the different ways that we're put behind the eight ball that make you want to kind of help just fix it or just fill those voids and shit like that. So the foundation is just so I can do any of those things. So the first thing that I want to focus on is the, the mental health stigma and mental health awareness and mental health availability. You know what I'm saying? So I use the foundation to launch um, a mental health initiative that just gives free mental health care, you know, to whoever from, from our environments, whoever, but the focus is the underserved communities um, and just to make it available to people you know, no health insurance or nothing, just make it available. You know what I mean? Like, to me, that's just a step. It's just the first step. And then the next step is making them want want it. <laughs> you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Like, yeah. making them actually want the fucking mental health, making them actually want the service. You know what I mean? Like, make make them aware of how important that's it is. That's back for sure. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, to me, it's, I just realized it's a process and I'm just down. I'm down. You know, I think, when we see all of the problems that we have, 
and we can't sit down in a couple of meetings and, and fix everything like that, we get you know we get frustrated. Yeah. yeah, we get frustrated and we move on and you know with our lives and shit. To That's me, it's I, just steps. Well, you can't really enjoy your millions. You gotta, <laughs> you gotta really just because you're gonna look like damn. Ain't got it. Fuck. Put some stuff back so they can, you know, catch up. Or yeah, I'm sure some niggas, some niggas take their ball and go home, man. Yeah. Some niggas take their millions <laughs> and go out to Hollywood, and you don't never see them again, and they'll never look at look at you again, you know. And they they can they fine with that. Yeah, no. Me, like, I'm, not, I'm not cool with that. Yeah. Know? So that's why I appreciate you making yourself available, and I appreciate you doing this show. I really do appreciate that. Sure, man. Anytime, oh, yeah, man. Anytime, my brother. Yeah. But that's a wrap for this episode of Breaking Machine. Tune in next week for another episode of Breaking the Machine. Detroit, Royce the 5-9, Breaking the Machine. We out. Yeah. Appreciate <laughs> the combo, man. Come on, man. Come on, man. Anytime, my brothers. We, we get a pick on the phone.